going on out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys, cats, children of all ages, uh, dogs, pets, birds, kitties, Tom and Jerry, everybody who's out there watching and listening, however you may be consuming this, welcome into the Talk About Podcast. I'm your host, T.W., and we have a fun show for you guys today. Real quick, before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to kick it with me. I know you have so many options for what you could be consuming your time with. There's audio content, there's video content, there's everything in the world, but you are choosing to kick it, to spend your time right here with me, and I very do much appreciate it. Um, If you want to help out the show real quick, just go right ahead and you know, hit that like button. Let everybody know how much you like this video right here. Hit the subscribe button, no matter what platform you're watching on or, you know, the addition button so you get each and every episode of this content here. And hit that notification bell if you're watching on YouTube so that you get notified every time I drop some brand new fire content on this page. Um, You know, drop a comment below this video. Let me know if you think what I'm saying is crazy. Let me know if you think what I'm saying is brilliant, whatever it is, uh, let me know. I try to get back to each and every comment. Um, every every interaction is appreciated. You know what I mean? Tweet your boy, uh, all that good stuff. Um, but the best thing you can do if you want to help out this page, help out this channel, help out this show is tell a friend to tell a friend. I always want to bring more people into the conversation. And speaking of bringing more people into the conversation, I brought my man BQ with me. BQ, welcome to the Talking About Pod for the first time, my brother. How what's, are you doing? What's up, man? Um, I'm happy to do this. Uh, first time talking about Pod. I'm excited to talk about something other than Impact Wrestling. Uh-huh. As much as I love talking about it, it is uh, it's cool to just get the opportunity to spread my wings a little bit. That was a hell of an intro, by the way, but uh, I'm looking forward to just kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Well, we're, ready. we're happy to have you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all, all, all the children cheer. Everybody is happy to have you in the building for some fun stuff we're going to get into today. So, real quick, man, like, uh, this past Saturday was the Royal Rumble. It felt like the world kind of stopped for the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is one of the the best calendar events of the wrestling year. Um, you know, we all know it leads up to the road to WrestleMania. And we also know as people who, you know, watch wrestling that WWE can go on cruise control for a lot of months. They have big shows that they plan, like, you know, SummerSlam. They'll heat up the content for a couple of weeks leading to SummerSlam. But they really... They really pour their all into WrestleMania. It's always a big stadium show. They bring back the celebrities, the alumni, like everybody. And the Royal Rumble is the kickoff to the road to WrestleMania. And this Royal Rumble happened last week. What did you think? What was your thoughts on the Royal Rumble? So check it. I'm not an avid WWE viewer. I order the pay-per-views for the most part. I shouldn't say I order. I have Peacock. I watch the pay-per-views for the most part. So there's a lot of wrestlers when I'm watching them. I don't know who they are. I don't know the stories. So sometimes it's a it's a little difficult, but I'm able to watch it without really overthinking stuff because I don't I don't know what's going on. Right. The Royal Rumble is one of those pay per views. Even if you hate WWE with passion, it's uh it, it's pretty enjoyable. And I saw you know for the most part the social media chatter seemed to be 
fairly negative, you know, worst rumble I've ever seen. And trust me, I get why someone would say that the way that, uh, you know, the men and women's match ended was there was no back and forth. There was no, like, it was just down to the last two and then they just eliminated them and it was over. And it was like, you know, very predictable winners, you know, but I still enjoyed watching it. You know, I enjoyed all the matches on the card. I had fun watching it. You know, I, I had no complaints about it just because I'm not as emotionally invested in it. Right, but right, right. It, it was cool to me. What was your favorite thing uh, about the whole show? Oh, the favorite thing. Um, I, I should say I actually missed the Miz and uh, Maurice match because I, I actually had a that stop. That match was better than expected. I got to say. I was thought it? that match was better than expected. Um, like, you know, I, I thought I was like, you know, hey, bathroom match, you know, Ms. Maurice is here to get beat up, yada, yada, yada. No, man. Like, they went out there and put together a, a fun match. The Maurice jumped off the top rope and gave Edge a Hurricane Rana. I didn't, I didn't see that coming because Maurice wasn't wrestling like that when she was an active wrestler. So I was like, man, that was a surprise. So that match actually I thought was a, a pleasant surprise. It was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I want to go back and watch it. I just, I had to pause the show and then I had to fast forward through some of the fluff and I, I fast forward the match and had no clue. So uh, I, I got to go back, go back and check it out. But I think I enjoyed the women's rumble quite a bit. It was super botchy in some parts, yeah. very yeah. overproduced. The whole show, the whole, both rumbles were super overproduced, but right. I, I know I, I like the women's one and I forgot the point I was going to make. Uh, oh, what I was going to say was I liked that they didn't, I didn't, they didn't use a bunch of NXT people like they did, uh, did in the yeah, past. Yeah. You know, I just, well, uh, because for, NXT now, right. is not NXT what it used to be. Right. Like, right. It's if we were talking this time last year, a bunch of NXT people would mean people with like indie experience, people experience working overseas, you know, all this type of stuff. But now, a bunch of NXT me- means like somebody who just got to the performance center three weeks ago. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They 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 they've gutted uh, NXT, and so uh, right, a bunch of NXT people would not have made for a good Rumble. Um, for me, I gotta say my my highlight of the night was uh, Sasha Banks and Melina doing an impromptu bus it challenge. Uh, that was was unexpected but appreciated so uh shout out to you sasha banks you are definitely a hero a a hero a hero to many anybody who took the time to watch the rumble and shout out to melina for doing her thing as well but i felt like watching that show that the first two matches First of all, it started off with a bang. The best thing of the night was the opening match between Seth and Roman. Like, that by far was the best thing on the show. Um, when Seth Rollins came out to that Shield music, well, let, let, let me go back even before that. When Roman came out first, I was like, wait a minute. Why is Roman coming out first? Because I believe WWE books by a very simple philosophy, right? Like, one of the things is, biggest pop comes out last, right? Like whoever they think is going to be the biggest pop, that's the person going to come out last. Now, in this case, I was like, are they setting this up to be a Seth Rollins show? Like, uh, you know, uh, some sort of, 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 of like, is the whole show going to be about Seth Rollins? Is this match going to be about Seth Rollins? So Roman coming out first 
completely threw me off. I was like, yo, where is this going? And more importantly, what does it mean for the rest of this show, right? Like, I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, yo, this whole show is built around Roman. I was like, there's three matches on the show that all pertain to what Roman Reigns is doing at WrestleMania. The Roman and Seth match, the Brock Lashley match, and the Royal Rumble. All three of those matches really concern what is Roman Reigns doing at WrestleMania. So I was like, the order of matches matters very much, you know? Uh, and, and again, so when I saw Seth and Roman going on first, I was like, oh God, what does this mean, right? And then when Roman came out first, I was like, oh God, what does this mean? And then Seth Rollins came out to the Shield music, the old school Shield music, and that place went bananas. I popped. I popped right here in the gimmick studio. Uh, I was just sitting here and I was like, yo, oh, I can't believe it. But also, once Seth came out to the Shield music, I knew that the story they were telling was that, you know, Seth is just, he's antagonizing Roman. And so Seth is going to be the one to get his comeuppance here in this match. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, but I also, you know, I had a feeling going into that, that both Seth and Brock were going to win. I'm sorry, that both Roman and Brock were going to win. And I thought Brock was going to lose the uh, WWE Championship to Seth Rollins next month or later this month in the Elimination Chamber. But that's obviously not how that played out. As we all know by now, this is over a week ago. About a week ago. This is about a week ago. And so everybody knows by now what exactly happened here. Roman Reigns came out and interfered in the Bobby Lashley uh, Brock Lesnar match, causing Brock Lesnar to lose that match. And by the way, let me just say, I was really, really hesitant, worried. You know, I had some trepidation. I didn't, I didn't feel great about the prospects of this uh, Brock Lesnar um, Bobby Lashley match because in the lead up to it, Brock was very dismissive of, of Bobby Lashley, very dismissive of Bobby Lashley. And I thought Brock was still going to beat him. And I thought that would have been the worst burial they've done to anybody since Triple H did that to Booker T back at, what was that? WrestleMania 19, where mm -hmm. uh, they did the whole storyline uh, story where, you know, Triple H was being like, wow, racist, you know what I mean? To to Booker T in the lead up to the match. And then Triple H beat him clean, clean and convincingly, one pedigree. <laughs> and Booker T laid there like he got shot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I was like, man, like, that was just like, and so I thought that was kind of what was coming for Bobby Lashley. And while they didn't do that and Bobby Lashley won, they did it in a way where you very much were to understand that. Brock Lesnar didn't lose to, oh, excuse me, Bobby Lashley didn't beat Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns beat Brock yeah. Lesnar, which I mm -hmm. thought cut the legs out of Lashley's title win. And that was kind of trash. Like <clears throat> they could have did something where, you know, Roman hit Lashley with the title, excuse me, hit Brock with the title and Lashley still speared him afterwards and got the cover. Right. But instead it was like this one thing that Roman did happen. And it's almost as though Lashley didn't matter. And I really hated that. Um, you know, let Lashley get his flowers, let him win, let him look strong.
So I got to say first, Mickey James's entrance was my favorite part. Uh, I kind of misunderstood. You're asking my favorite match. And so I said the women's rumble, but Mickey James's entrance was my favorite part. Um, I totally agree. I, so I'm watching Brock and, and Lashley and I watched the first two minutes of it right after Lashley hit his German suplex. And then I, I went to my son, my son used to always watch wrestling with me and then he discovered anime and I haven't seen him since. Uh, so <laughs> I ran to him and, and he watched, uh, TNA with me a lot, you know, uh, mm. it's kind of before I came to impact. So he was very familiar with Lashley and then he watched WWE with me at that time. So he knew Brock. So I said, Hey, you want to watch Brock versus Lashley? He's like, I mean, he dropped what he was doing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's almost 13. And then my nine year old, it's like, I want to watch too. So we all hop in my bed and we watch it. Nice. This was like the worst match ever. Yeah. Like this was just so bad. And my son, even though he was really rooting for Lashley, was like, like he didn't care when Lashley won. Like this is a a, a child and he right. didn't connect right. with the finish at all. He's just like, well, I wanted Lashley to win, but not like that. Right. You know, like right. Right. there was no, he wasn't like, oh, you know, there was nothing to, re- to react to. You know what I mean? So it was it was just disappointing, man. They didn't really wrestle. They just it was just some suplexes and some bullshit right. uh, to tell a different story that had nothing to do with the two of them. Right. And I wanted to ask you because I don't watch on a regular basis. Is this Seth Rollins like just all fruity? Just <laughs> like a, a new like no, what is so, that? So here's the thing with, with like with Seth Rollins. Like Seth Rollins is. Seth Rollins is the Randy Orton to Roman Reigns' John Cena. Seth Rollins is the macho man to Roman Reigns' Hulk Hogan. Seth okay. Rollins is, you know what I mean? Like that, that that so so he he's he's the 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 one A to Roman as the as the as the one. Um and unfortunately, like what that means is because he's so good. He can play, I think he's a natural heel, but he can also be a good baby face if you give him the right situation. Um, but because he's so good at all of it, Vince McMahon will have him do any damn thing. You know what I mean? And so I think that like, you know, Seth Rollins, he's just a good enough professional wrestler that he takes it upon himself to reinvent his character whenever possible, which is smart, by the way. Because yeah. if, oh, you, yeah. if you look at wrestling these days, People don't reinvent their characters nearly enough, but like mm-hmm. in order to, and, and a lot of people hate it because a lot of people hated on Seth Rollins so hard. Uh, <clears throat> Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar for the universal title at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And people just proceeded to, 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 to bitch about it. You know what I mean? They're like, Oh, they, they found out Seth Rollins was dating Becky Lynch. And they're like, Oh, well, we don't see the chemistry between them two. And I was like, yo, like, this is not Nikki Bella and John Cena. Like, Becky Lynch is not the type to come in the ring and kiss me, Seth. You're the hero. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, right. it, it made no sense. But a lot of it didn't fit people's um, narrative, right? Their idea of, like, you're the hero champ and this is your girlfriend. This is how she should be acting over you. But, like, people just, they, they didn't want to see Seth Rollins for, like, just just, just for, for whatever he was. And so a lot of people really hated on Seth Rollins. And then, you know, they did all this weird stuff with The Fiend and, you know, and so anyway, 
So Seth Rollins was forced to reinvent his character because he couldn't just come, you know, keep coming out there and saying either A, hey, why don't you like me? Or B, um, you guys don't like me, so now F you. So instead, he just took it upon himself to basically like, the, the character morphed into this like cult leader where he was calling himself the Monday Night Messiah and he had disciples and, you know, he was doing like all this weird stuff. Almost like, remember when CM Punk did the Straight Edge Society? Yeah. It was almost like that. So he did that and then that kind of morphed into like the uh like the drip god where he was coming out to in all these weird ass suits and you know all these weird effects or whatever um and just being like a really annoying hill like he has like this no he goes <laughs> yeah yeah like, like it, it, but he's so good at it you know what i mean like he's he's so good at like i i maintain that seth Rollins is one of those people that is so good at anything that you could put him anywhere and it kind of works to his detriment because Vince is like, you're so good. I can just put you here because I need somebody to do this. Meanwhile, he should be over here getting the Roman Reigns treatment, in my opinion. You know what I mean? You should be treating this guy like the star of your show, the Superman that nobody could beat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so so at the moment, you know, Seth Rollins is just being like an annoying ass heel. But what I think has happened is he's actually won people over. And Seth Rollins has been getting a lot of cheers from the audience. So I would not be shocked if somehow come WrestleMania, well, I, I was going to say before, before today, I was going to say I would not be shocked if Seth Rollins found himself in the WWE title picture come WrestleMania. But as we'll talk about going forward, I don't think that's actually in the plans. But I do think Seth Rollins has shown himself to be uh, an A1 quality babyface. And I don't think it's going to be long before he's WWE champion or universal champion again. Um, so speaking of the Rumble and kind of the aftermath, right? Um, so we know Brock Lesnar, you know, lost the title to Lashley in a way that didn't make Lashley look good. Uh, and then we know that Brock Lesnar re-entered himself in the Royal Rumble, came out, tossed everybody out, came out at number 30, and won the Royal Rumble. Um, we also know that Ronda Rousey came out, I think, at 27 and won the Women's Royal Rumble. What did you think of these picks for Royal Rumble winners? It was just so out of the WWE playbook, man. The, the first thing I had tweeted out is that, man, they have a formula and they stick to it. Like, it, I mean, there's no... I mean, last year, Edge winning at number one. And, you know, I'm just like, man, they, they just. It's, they like they have, it's like they have like 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 five different Royal, or maybe like three or four different Royal Rumble stories. And it's like pick one for this year. Either like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one and you go all the way through number 27 and you win or no or, or, or surprise entry at number 30 come in and win something like that. Yeah, so it's just there's nothing unpredictable about the the rumble. Like it's a fun match, so that's why people enjoy it. But there's just nothing unpredictable about the way they do these finishes. You know, I'm never just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person won. And what what zapped that the unpredictability from it is when years ago, when they're finally like, hey, the winner is going to main event WrestleMania. Mm. That like pigeonhole them into like, hey, only five of these people are gonna win, right? And you know, as opposed to before, 
you know, you saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan win, right. and you saw mm-hmm. Big John Stud win. That's and great points, great points. You know, but once they were just like, hey, we got to tie WrestleMania into this, it's, you know, mm-hmm. you weren't going to get those surprise win. They're not going to be like, what, you know, Austin Theory, we're going to push this guy to the moon. He's going to main event. Like, that's just not going to happen. Right, 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 right. So, um, they, well, they it stuck makes to sense it. though, right? I mean, like you got forty thousand people in 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 the in the in the dome in St. Louis, which is right around your way, uh, yep. and, and you're not gonna put forty thousand people in a dome to see Austin Theory win because you're just not agreed. Like, yeah. not enough people are invested in Austin Austin Theory's story. But what you could do though, right, is if you want Austin Theory to win the Royal Rumble, then you need to start building up Austin Theory from like you know, summertime or right after WrestleMania. So by, by the time we get to the Royal Rumble, Austin Theory is hot enough with your audience that he could be, you know, get the big pop and the go home happy when he wins the Royal Rumble. But they don't do that, right? It's just like we were just talking about with Bobby Lashley, right? Like Bobby Lashley got a win over Brock Lesnar, but they did it in the way that makes Bobby Lashley look the weakest possible it's damn hard to make bobby lashley look weak but damn it they pulled it off okay (laughs) they pulled it off and so um yeah it's like i don't understand man like i'm not gonna like roman reigns any less if you make bobby lashley look good like i don't understand why wwe has this philosophy of only one guy can look strong you know what i mean or in this case you know brock lesnar came back but unless brock lesnar's here only Roman can be dominant. You know what I mean? Like I was having this conversation with people about Big E and I'm like, okay, Big E, by the way, his, his singles run is clearly finished. You know, um, he, he, he got WWE championship. He had it. I thought he did a great job with it, but you know, like he was eliminated from the rumble unceremoniously. Oh and, yeah. Like uh, a sack of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean like they just, they, they, they put him back in the new day tag team on SmackDown and, it's like, man, they just, they just, they, they clearly don't want to put him in that spot. And I don't know, man. Like, I'm like, why not? You know, people are like, oh, hey, Brock won the title off Big E because Brock's the bigger star. But I'm like, why not make Big E a star? Like, why is Brock Lesnar a star? Brock Lesnar is a star because we got to see Brock Lesnar win some big matches. We got to see Brock Lesnar defeat The Rock. We got to see Brock Lesnar defeat Hulk Hogan. We got to see Brock Lesnar in the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. We got to see Brock Lesnar smash John Cena, and that's why we see Brock as the suplex city monster, right? You got to let people get these big these big wins. Even Seth Rollins, right? Seth Rollins is at that Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar level. Why? Because we got to see him get big wins over Roman Reigns, over Brock Lesnar, over anybody and everybody who's relevant in this day. And I just don't understand, like, what's the harm in making new stars? You know what I mean? Like, what's the harm in making new stars? I don't get it. But for some reason, that's just not how WWE gets down. It definitely isn't. They're like, these are our dudes. These are our girls. And it's it's just. Right. Charlotte playing forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of Charlotte Flair, right? We know Ronda, Ronda, Ronda Rousey won the Women's Royal Rumble, and uh, she announced this week on SmackDown that she's going to be challenging Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. So we're going to get Ronda and Charlotte, which was the match that they wanted to do. 
uh, way back in 2019 before Becky Lynch got, you know, super hot. And there was no way they couldn't put Becky Lynch in that match. Like the way that the circumstances unfolded. And you know what? They still weren't going to put Becky Lynch in that match. But when Nia Jax broke Becky's face and they had that moment where Becky was standing at the top of the stairs and had the bloody face and the nose broke. It was like, yo, that was like iconic on like the level of Steve Austin in the sharpshooter with the blood pouring down. And so it was like, dog, like you, I was like, yo, you, you can't, you can't not get behind this woman. And, you know, and, and so they did the right thing. They put Becky in a match. Becky, you know, was the right person to get that match. Becky, won a winner-take-all match and came out of that match as the SmackDown Women's Champion and the Raw Women's Champion. Keep that in mind for what we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Now, do you think that Ronda versus Charlotte is the best women's mat- matchup for WrestleMania? Yeah, I've thought about this, and it's it's just by far the most marquee matchup. They can't. There's nothing they could do. I don't see them... So... If, I I think that Big E, not, not Big E, Lashley, if he ends up retaining his championship, he's going to be in a triple threat. There's no doubt in my mind. Even if he doesn't win, that match is going to be a triple threat. There's not going to be a one-on-one. I'm, I'm almost willing to guarantee. I don't think they're going to muddy up the other big title matches like that, though. So I don't think Rousey versus Charlotte, I don't think they're going to throw anyone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they're gonna do that for Brock and Roman either. There's no, there's no reason to. They're both huge marquee matchups. So even though on, on Mania they love their, you know, let's how do we get everyone on this card? I think they're gonna leave those alone because you just you can't make them any bigger. Um, what was the match that Charlotte inserted herself in? It, it wasn't. I think it was the main at WrestleMania because initially it was Becky versus. Right. It was going to be Becky versus Ronda when Becky won the, the title. And then they did this ridiculous uh, segment where Vince McMahon came out. And again, you talk about like WWE's formula. For some reason, when there's a huge baby face, the only response has to be that the McMahon family doesn't like this huge baby face and they have to try and obstruct their path to the championship. So Vince yeah. McMahon comes out and all of a sudden he's telling uh Becky that this match needed uh a star quality person and that's when he decided to put Charlotte Flair in the match and that's when I said I was not interested in having Charlotte Flair in that match okay I did not want to have Charlotte Flair in the match that was Becky's time it should have been Becky versus Ronda that was the match to do but instead we got the triple threat, which turned out fine. It was a little sloppy, but we got the right outcome, right? We got Becky at the end holding up the two championships. That's where we wanted to go. Speaking of two championships. So the poster is out for Elimination Chamber. Have you seen the poster for Elimination Chamber? Yes. Yes. And uh, if you've seen this poster, you know there is only one wrestler's face on that poster, and that wrestler is Brock Lesnar. So being that... Brock Lesnar is the only face on the poster. Uh, I have a hard time believing that he is not winning the Elimination Chamber. And I believe Brock Lesnar is going to take the WWE Championship from Bobby Lashley in the Elimination Chamber. And he's going to have 
uh, a title versus title match, winner take all against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You mentioned how could you possibly make the match bigger? There you go. I think that makes the match bigger. But I don't understand why he needed to win the Rumble then. You know what I mean? Like if he either could have retained, well, I understand why he didn't retain the title because they had to further that story with with uh, Paul Heyman. They had to, you know, they had to throw that swerve in there. Uh, but he didn't need to win the Rumble. Like him just getting swerved by Paul Heyman was justification enough, really, mm-hmm. in the way they booked, where he could have been in the main event against Roman. Right. And then if you want to have him, you know, win the title here. That's fine, but if if he does win the championship, it's it, it further makes me feel like why why did he win the rumble? Because he right. just won the title here to gain himself to guarantee himself a main event spot. Right. So it, it's I mean I guess because uh, they need to put both titles in the same match. They most likely what you're saying. Most likely have to put the two titles in the same match. Yeah, I so. mean, like, I, I don't think they have to do it. Like, they could very easily, they could very easily do uh, Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. I think that's a good match. Bobby Lashley has been booked very strong, with the exception of that, you know, Brock Lesnar match, which he still won, by the way. I mean, it's not like he didn't win. Um, yeah. It was the weakest win possible, but it was still a win. Right, like the history books will forever say that Brock Brock Lesnar lost to Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. So, you know, outside of that, Bobby Lashley has been booked like a monster. So I think you could very much do Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. And I think it would be a good match. Like Seth Rollins doesn't really have bad matches and neither really does Bobby Lashley. Like Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins... I think they would put on a banger, and um, no matter who wins, like I think I'd be happy with that. I think that'd be a good match, um, and I think it would definitely deliver. But this is all about the greater glory of Roman Reigns, okay? Everything, everything, all roads lead to Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and your title be damned. Your match be damned, okay? Brock <laughs> Lesnar and Seth Rollins might have, I'm sorry, Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins might have a match at WrestleMania, but the WWE Championship won't be there, okay? (laughs) It's going to be in the main event of night two, which is going to be a title versus title match, which is, again, winner take all does not mean unification. It does not mean there's going to be one champion. And I think that's very important because WWE still has SmackDown uh, and the the Fox Network, and they have uh, Monday Night Raw and the USA Network, and they require both of those companies to feel like they're getting marquee stars and, you know, champions, you know, that, that matter, characters that matter. So I don't think those titles will stay, stay on one person for long. Um, when they did this with Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch carried both titles up until Money in the Bank when uh, she lost one. Um, I believe she lost one to Charlotte and then Charlotte lost it immediately to Bailey. That event was actually in Hartford. I was there. It was a it was a, a good time. Shout out to my boy Omar. That was, that was a good 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 day. Yeah, and I think she defended the other one against uh Lacey. Lacey Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Lacey Evans. Um yeah, so I mean, that's where I think this is going. I'm interested to see, you know, uh you know how 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 it works out. Um what do you guys at home think? You know, this is how do you guys think this is going to go? Drop your comments down below. Let me know what you think 
um, is next for Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and all the major players that we just talked about. All right, BQ, you want to uh, talk some AEW, man? You've been um, yeah, you, hell you yeah, an eye on AEW. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what what? Who are your your people that you really like or don't like in AEW? What stands out to you most about AEW uh, these days? I think what what stands out, and I didn't realize it so much, is I'm watching the Rumble, and everyone who is a, of size was presented to to be a pretty big star, and then you you go to AEW, and it's like the people in the main event, everyone winning these matches. It's it's almost like they have this unwritten rule that the smallest person in the match is going to win, <laughs> right. and uh, you know. I, with passion, hate Jungle Boy, um, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen. Like I can't stand these dudes. Right? They're they're little dudes who are unbeatable. Right. You you have to shoot them in the chest to pin them. There was there was a match uh, against the Lucha Brothers. They hit the the where, where you know uh, Jungle Boy and Lucha Source won the belts. They hit, uh, I think, like a Canadian destroyer on the outside, and then roll them in and hit their finish through a table, I think, and then roll them in and hit the f- their finisher, and this motherfucker kicks out. I'm just like, right. how do you beat him? You know, it, it's it's crazy. There, there was I was watching. Uh, I don't know what I was watching tonight. It was Dynamite or um, Rampage. There was a uh, Sammy Guevara. He's another one, dude. He's yeah. can't pin him. Uh, and who was he? Who was he fighting? Um, uh, Sammy Guevara was fighting, I think. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Bowens from from from. Oh no, yeah, no, no, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, right. It was it was Isaiah Cassidy. That's right. It was him. Isaiah. Ca- I, I forgot. So he hit something on the outside, dude, and then rolled him in and hit a, like two big moves in a row, uh-huh. and it's just like, and then this dude just kicks out, and then he hops right back up, yeah. like nothing <laughs> happened. Uh, I'm just like, dude, this, they, they kill me, man. I enjoy the show for the most part, but there's just guys, just, it takes super finishers to beat them. It's, it's, yeah. some guys are impossible to beat. It's, it's crazy. Right. And it's always right. the smallest, the smallest guys. Yeah. Or they said, mm-hmm. oh, Orange Cassidy had the most wins in 2021. I'm like, I believe it because you put them on every single episode and unbeatable. Right, right, right. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, and 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 shout out to Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara beat two black men. Uh, he beat up two black men on the first rampage of Black History Month. So please give a big shout out to Tony Khan for the booking. Shout out to Tony Khan. That was phenomenal. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Sammy Guevara doing it for the culture, I guess. I guess. Um, and the other thing that I noticed about the main event of Rampage, it was cool. They had... Uh, Ricky Starks, who I really like, going against Jay Lethal, who's really good, um, in a match that also saw the appearance of uh, Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs, um, and Dante Martin of Top Flight, formerly of Top Flight. I don't know if Top Flight's still a thing. There's still a thing. His brother's just hurt. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so I I was like, oh, man, this is cool. They're throwing, like, every black guy, uh, everybody, every black person not named Jay Cargill uh, or Private Party into this one match. And I think it's like, you know, Tony Khan, he, 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 
felt some criticism about the presentation of black characters in AEW. So he's like, hey, if I put all the black people in one match, somebody's got to win. So you can't yeah. say there's no black people winning because somebody had to win, okay? So uh, shout out to Tony Khan. Tony Khan definitely, again, doing it for the culture. We appreciate you, Tony Khan. Thank you again. We know you love black people. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tony Khan, for, uh, for, for all the blessings you have bestowed upon us. Um, we finally got to see the uh, culmination, or it wasn't the culmination. It was just the next step in this feud between CM Punk and uh, MJF. MJF is protected more than the damn Secret Service protects the president. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got a win over CM Punk this week. What did you think that was the right move, or you know, what, what, actually, what, what, yes, because CM Punk is another one. Who, granted, he's CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting him on the level of Darby Allen and these dudes, but this motherfucker doesn't. He, I, I just say, I feel that they overexposed CM Punk, not to the extent that they did with Sting. Like they made Sting nothing in about two weeks. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. they. You couldn't have done a worse job with him, in my in my opinion. And with CM Punk, I love watching CM Punk out there. Don't get me wrong, dude, but they find a way to get him involved in everything. And when I was when I went to Rampage in St. Louis, he was cutting a promo. I didn't know it wasn't on TV until he's like, okay, okay, and then he completely stopped. But he was cutting a promo to the crowd, and he goes, I you know I read the dirt sheets, people. People talk about that we just have to find a way to get my entrance on the show, you know, <laughs> but, but it's true. Like they right. do. So uh, he's another one when he wrestles. I'm like, he's not going to lose that. You just, right. you just know he's not. And I thought the way that he beat Warlow was such bullshit. Like yeah. I yeah. thought that they, when Warlow hit those power bombs and then they teased that he would have beat him, but, but MJF had him, you know, no, 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 power bomb more. They should have ended the matches match on the count out at that point. Mm. He, you know, power bottom through the table. They should. I felt that Warlow should have just won on a count out. Yeah. Um, instead, he, you know, with with one second left, jumps up, jumps in the ring, and then rolls him up. Right. I'm just like, here we go, man. It's, <laughs> like you was just dead outside two seconds ago, and now you yeah. fast enough to jump up and do a roll up. And here we are again. Um, so I thought I, I just I just liked seeing CM Punk lose. Like I can't. It doesn't matter the wrestler. If I just see them win nonstop, you want you want someone to get hot and to win. But when they're unbeatable, yeah, I lose interest so freaking fast. Yeah, yeah. And um, I thought they should have ended the match when he choked them out. I thought that was very uh, original yep, the way they did it. And then this the referee like. He he looked like such a fucking tool in this match. Oh, yeah. Look at it. He saw that thing fall on the ground and he's being all dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, this is probably the first time in wrestling history that they restarted a match for the babyface and he still lost. Yeah. I can't think of a single other time they've done that. So, you know. Yeah. I, I, I thought did like that. I thought that was a creative way to do it because usually when they restart the match, the babyface ends up winning. Um, and yeah, so I mean, like, it's, it's cool, man. I think it just, it kind of just really adds to what MJF has going on. Um, I mean, like, I think MJF is probably a little overrated. I mean, like people really, you know, just talk about this guy, like he's just the, 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 the stuff. 
And I'm like, okay, he's <laughs> cool, man. Like, I, I, I get it. But, like, you know what's really funny to me about MJF? is like uh, MJF seems to really believe this, and a lot of people seem to believe this, too, this idea that WWE really wants him, which they probably do. WWE probably really wants MJF so they can take him away from AEW, but that's it. Because you ain't yeah. never, ever, ever going to be this MJF on WWE TV. Never. MJF's whole gimmick is let me go out here and see how much foul stuff I can say. Right? You know what I mean? That, that's, that's his whole gimmick. And that ain't never going to fly on WWE TV. It's not. Yeah. Not in a day when they got corporate sponsors to answer to. You ain't going out there calling women in the crowd meth addicts and teen mom and, and all of this stuff. Like, you ain't never going to do it. So the, so I thought it was actually really funny, and a lot of people hated this. They had a little back and forth between him and CM Punk a couple of weeks ago. And um, MJF dropped the line where he's like, oh, I might go main event at WrestleMania. That's something you couldn't do. And everybody was like, oh, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and, and I'm like I, to me, I didn't think that was that big a deal because, like, we all – CM Punk was very open, right, about the fact that it really bothered him that he, you know, was the world champion and didn't get to be the main event at WrestleMania. Um, he was very clear that main eventing to him meant going on last. And, um, and right. he, was, he was very clear that that, that was something that bothered him. And so, like, I don't know why everybody was like, oh, you know, like, like he just like made some giant revelation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I thought what, what, what CM Punk said in return, I thought that was way more biting. He said something to the effect of, like, you know, uh, go ahead. You can main event night four of a buy one, get one extravaganza. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then get released faster than you last in the sack. I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> that was, I thought that was really tough, really harsh. And, I, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a nice little jab at WWE. It was a nice little jab at MJF. And, again, to me, the idea that MJF would be a main eventer in WWE, I think, is laughable. I mean, unless there's, like, some major change in management, right? I mean, Vince McMahon can't last forever. But, you know, if Vince McMahon kicks the bucket and Triple H takes over, maybe. Maybe. But other than that, as long as Vincent Kitty Mc, Kennedy McMahon is in charge of WWE, MJF and his five foot two self ain't never, ever, ever going to be in no main event of WWE WrestleMania unless it's as a referee or a manager. Okay. <laughs> it ain't happening. It yeah. ain't happening. Okay. If you don't believe me, uh, if you disagree, drop comments. Okay. Drop comments and tell <laughs> me why I'm wrong. Um, something else here from the world of AEW that I just thought is. Um, De delightful is we got another segment between Brandy Rhodes and Dan Lambert. Now, did you see this Dan Lambert Brandy Rhodes segment? Oh yeah. What What was your thoughts on Dan Lambert and Brandy Rhodes? So, first of all, Brandy Rhodes looked phenomenal in this segment. Second of all, she started she embraced the heel persona and started cutting this heel promo, where I wanted to hear where it went. I wanted to hear what she was going to say. And we know that AEW loves to, to, to do talking segments, whether in the ring or outside of the ring, where someone starts talking, and before they spit out three words, they get attacked or they get interrupted. And it always bothers me because I, I, from just a wrestling fan standpoint, you just want – you're like, what did they have? To, I want to know what they had to say. What were they going to say? Like, what was the point of even having them for the interview? 
And I thought she was going a good direction, very heel direction. And we never got to hear what the, where the hell she was going with it. And then she gets interrupted by heel Dan Lambert and heel men of the year. And they are cutting heel promos on her like she's a now a baby face. And then she transitions to kind of being a baby face. And then, then there's this brawl, you know, because Paige Van Zant comes out. Paige Van Zant would kill her. Yeah. Paige Van Zant would kill her. And she's running at her like she's she wants to fight. She don't want to fucking fight. And then again, she's treated like a baby face. The baby faces come out and save her. I'm like, why? I just don't get what they're doing with that. That's right. I'm trying to wrap my head around. It's not about, I want to know where everything's going. It's just, you see something like that and it makes no sense. Right. Cut out a heel, come cut a heel promo and then cut, have heels come out, cut heel promos on you. And then you just switch to being a baby face. Like, right. I don't I didn't even see the switch to the baby face though. I didn't even see that. I, to me, it was just so apparent that the, the the crowd just really does not like her at all. And it makes her seem really, uh, you know, un, self-unaware, right? It's like, yeah. it's like uh, I, I don't know what's the best use of her because, uh, no, I do, I'm sorry, I do know. The best use of her and Cody is they need to go, they need to do exactly what Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are doing. Go heal on everybody, give everybody middle fingers, and just let the hate rain, baby, because they ain't gonna see they, they they're, they're telling you how they see you. Okay, they're telling you how they see you. And to be honest, like nothing about them screams baby face. Like we know that Cody is of the business and he loves the business, but people don't like him right now. It is what it is. You know, people don't yeah. like him. And like the 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 thing about Cody, right? What gets Cody in trouble, what has gotten Cody in trouble with the fans is when he he completely overthinks these promos, right? Like, mm-hmm. he did one, and this is another AEW thing, by the way. So, on the subject of a Cody promo, right? He did this promo uh, to, to create his feud with Anthony Agogo, yeah. um, where he, you know, wanted to talk about America and, 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 and racism and, and, like, all of this stuff, and it made him sound like such a self-unaware jackass. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he said things like, we don't know what to do during the anthem, to which everybody was like, what? What? What are you talking about? And just, just like, all of this stuff, right? And so you completely lost everybody there, but then you couple that onto the fact that you did all this so that you could hot shot a flag match that nobody cared about with somebody who we had never seen before and haven't seen since. Right. And then fast forward to the last two weeks in AEW. Okay. Like you were the TNT champion. You were off TV for one week and crowned an interim champion who's now walking around with two belts. Like, you know, like you were going for six months. Like, make it make sense. That's an AEW thing, man. That's an AEW thing where it's like, we want to do this thing we saw on WWE before. We don't care if it makes sense, but it's our thing. We'll be able to say that this was our ladder match for two belts. And and, and, and I guarantee you somewhere out there, there's an AEW fan who is watching frame by frame the Sammy Guevara-Cody Rose ladder match, and he is comparing it to 
the Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon match at uh at at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Right. And you, you talk about him being unaware. Right, exactly. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we had to so let so Dr. Talk- Umar finish. What was that? <laughs> so we had to let Dr. Umar finish. Dr. Oh, Umar my bad. I, I didn't <laughs> I wasn't catching it. <laughs> you talk about his self-awareness and just lack thereof. When he got that tattoo on his neck, man, at that point, that was where it started. People were like, who is this guy? Who's this pompous ass dude think he is? And then every time you have a celebrity come in or a new star, they get an angle with Cody. Yeah. And then yeah. Cody always has to be written off TV. Like we see some guys just not appear on TV for weeks. But when right. Cody's not on TV, that's the one guy that like we got to find a way to write him off TV. Right. And it's always, you know, that he gets attacked. And then, you know, three weeks later, Tony Schiavone's like the return of Cody or, or he comes back by surprise. Last time he came back through the crowd for whatever goddamn reason against Malachi black, started walking through the crowd with a white suit on. And it's always the same shit. Like this triumphant return. I'm Superman. And then he has a grudge match. And you notice they don't really do rematches in AEW, but Cody always gets his rematches when he loses. Right. And he comes down, and it's the same shit. It's a grudge match. He gets color in the match. And then more often than not wins. But regardless, he's going to get color. You know, it's it's like uh, this, this. I counted in 2020 he had it was i don't i mean this is a while ago it was either five or six returns that year and they were all the same exact way he got uh you know written off tv for injury triumphant return gets bloody in the grudge match and and won all but one i believe there it is and and (laughs) that's the thing it's like so he's doing the triple h right where it's all about me um, you know, the, we're, we're going to build these things completely around me and my wants, you know, since be damned storyline, be damned, right. Uh, mm-hmm. continuity of, 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 story flow, be damned. Right. But yet, and still he fights so hard against this idea that he's a heel. And again, it just comes back to the self unawareness. It's like, bro, like, Yo, do you look in the mirror? Like, hello, Potts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so we get so much of that with like Brandy Rhodes too. Like, it's like a trickle down. Maybe something in the air in that house. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, because Dan Lambert is disgusting. Like this, Dan Lambert is completely disgusting. Like they bring this guy out here and um, you know, like you know, telling her she got fake boobs and, you know, calling her a stripper name and like all of this stuff. But like, but the people hate her so much that it doesn't matter. They still, they still cheer it because it's still, it's, it's what they see too, you know? But I can say this, at least they didn't make Brandy Rhodes go out there and call herself a black bitch this week. And so for that, AEW, for that, Tony Khan, I applaud you. That was bad, man. That that was really, really bad. You know, there was one angle that Co- that Brandy had that worked for me is when her and uh, the bunny, when she was Allie, were, were a tag team. Mm, and she was that. like the baby face and, and Allie was the heel. Like that worked for me. It wasn't really on Dynamite. It was more of a uh, AEW dark thing. But I thought that d- dynamic worked. Yeah. And then 
I think where she lost a lot of respect for the fan with the fans, even though it's what they wanted, is when she had that nightmare collective stable and she listened to the fans and the fans are like, We don't like this and she she punched out and she she got rid of the stable. You gotta remember at one point when Britt Baker was turning heel, the fans turn on her like get this bitch off our TV. Yeah, and she yeah. cut that those first couple promos that were it some was, of the they worst. were awful, so bad. Yeah, and she's a completely different person. Uh, imagine if she's just like, "Well, I can't do this." Listen to the reaction I got. Listen to the internet, and we would have never got this Britt Baker, you know. Right. And uh, Brandy had this stable that it was a little weird. It had Luther in it. He was the only guy. Yeah. He couldn't wrestle the girls, so it was like it was weird. But no one let it play out. They just, right. the fans didn't like it, so they punched out. So now it was like, okay, well, we can tell Brandy Rhodes what to do now. Right. Right. Tell right, AEW right. What to do. Yo, no, that's a great point, man. That's a great point. You show weakness, and they will not yeah. let up. They will not let up. And so now, again, the thing to do is just lean in, man. Just lean in. They don't like you. You don't like them. You have a problem with the way they treat you. And yo, honestly, bro, like, I've seen like um I, I saw uh, a couple episodes of Roads to the Top and I'm like bro like I feel like she just needs to for herself like do something on TV to add some value because I feel like just being like in the house like you know with Cody's mom and Cody's sister like she probably feels some type of way like all the time you know just like getting badgered by like his his people and their opinions all the time. You know what I mean? She probably just really wants to bring something to the table, you know, even if it's from like a, here's my value on the show type deal. So, um, so yeah, man, I mean like, look, man, I'm always, I'm always rooting for everybody black. You know what I mean? Unless you, unless you're doing something to shit on black people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for you. So uh, Brandy Rose, which by the way, she's been tap dancing on that line too, but we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Now one thing about AEW this week that I actually liked and was excited about, we saw Brian Danielson come out and cut a nice promo Offering to form an alliance with John Moxley. And for me, I was really intrigued. Obviously, we think this is going to lead to some match between them going down the line. But the idea of the two of them just wrecking shop through AEW, uh, that, listen, that sounds like, 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 like appointment TV to me. I, I really liked this. And it, it, it took us on a, in a direction no one was expecting. They were just thought they were going to have an angle and they were going to fight. And you got to remember that heel turn was meant for Moxley in, in initially. And they're not doing like we're WWE, just, okay, this is what we were going to do. You know, now everyone's healthy. Let's go back to a formula. Like they're finding a way to tweak that. They're not going to turn Brian Danielson back, baby face, or anything like that. So, as well, I think they should, because he's, he's excellent. Very, very good. And John Moxley, to me, he's one of my least favorite wrestlers in the world. I'm so annoyed by him. And the funny thing was Dean Ambrose was my favorite wrestler. That's hilarious. And I I hate him right now. I I started hating him towards the end. You know, Dean Ambrose from The Shield was my favorite. And then I started gradually disliking him more and more. And I just, I, I got vibes of, so they don't do super teams, super tag teams anymore, ever. The last one I can even think of in wrestling period was like rated RKO. Mm. You know, they don't do that anymore. 
Um, even if there's a star, he has some flunky partner. Uh, stables are always a star with their flunkies. You know, there's never like, there's not that, uh, you know, the main event mafia or evolution or, you know, to an extent, the nexus where they, but that's probably not the best you're example spitting right now. You're spitting. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. But you don't have a dream, like dream teams. Like that's, you don't, a team that you would put together on a video game against your buddy, like, Oh, let me grab a uh, Brian Danielson and Moxley for my tag team. You know, right. they don't do that. So this is, is like a, a super team, like like in sports. And, and there's nothing like that in their tag team division. So I could see them. I, I think Moxley's going to do it. I think they are going to go that course a little bit where, you know, because Moxley, I said he was the initial heel turn. I do think he's going to going to do this. So you're saying we get a super team? Yes, I think so. Super team, you heard it here first. Super team coming up. We're getting Moxley and Danielson, and they're going to wreck shop on the five-foot-two roster of AEW. It's going to be amazing. And by the way, listen, AEW is loaded with factions, but I'm going to say this part right here. AEW is loaded with factions that nobody cares about. I don't give a damn about Jurassic Express. I don't give a damn about the super click. I don't give a damn about the super friends. Okay. I don't care. Y'all got a lot of stuff on this show that I do not care about a lot. And so if you put (laughs) Brian Danielson and John Moxley together, I will care about that because I want to see it. You know what I mean? I want to see it. This is the best Brian Danielson I've ever seen. Okay. And I enjoyed the hell out of the yes movement. You know what I mean? Like one of my favorite wrestling TV moments I can remember is that night where he was, um, where he broke away from the Wyatt family in that cage match and he beat up the Wyatt and got on top of the cage. He was like, yes, yes, that was bananas. I love that. Um, And this right here, this right here, this right here, this is the best Brian Danielson I've seen. And so I think this, uh, this combination of Brian Danielson and John Moxley would probably make me actually like John Moxley because like, I don't, um, I don't really see what it is. Everybody loves about John Moxley so much. You know what I mean? And they book him like damn Superman. My God. Yeah. My God. They book him like Superman. And uh, this is another thing. This is something that really, you know what I mean? Really, really grinds my gears. Let me just go ahead and get into this. When we were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, uh, about AEW's representation of black wrestlers, people tried to boil this down to, oh, um, the Big Swole's just mad because they don't have a black world champion. No, no, that's not the case, and that's never been the case. If you were to look at, short of Jade Cargill, a a a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't no, there was zero black wrestlers on AEW that you could consider as a credible contender for anything. Okay, it's not about having the world title because look at John Moxley. He hasn't had that title in like a year or something, and they still book him like damn Superman. Okay, there is tell me one black person that's booked as strong as John Moxley. No, not even Jay Cargill, right? Tell me one black person that's booked as strong as Jungle Boy. No, not none, right? Not one. So don't give me this, they just want a black world champion bull crap. Cause that ain't it. That wasn't it. That ain't never going to be it. 
You can book somebody strong without making the world champ. So don't try to dumb down these conversations, these arguments. Like I tell you, man, like wrestling fans, is, 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 they're so funny. They're a really funny group, man. Like, um, what was it like uh, uh, two weeks ago when they changed Walter's name to Gunther and, and the, the internet sleuths, did, they, they did some digging and they found out that Gunther Stark was the name of, of, a, of, a, of a D-list Nazi soldier. And oh God, no, that's no. How could you, WWE? How could you have this oversight? You know, they, they put all the pressure on, they got to change it. But nobody could figure out what the hell is wrong with the way AEW presents black wrestlers. Kiss my grits. Okay. Everybody's right here. All right, man. Um, so, something I like to do on the show every week is what I'm watching. Okay. So this is the part of the show where we talk about, you know, what, what we're enjoying in the world of, you know, music, TV, sports, anything like that. You know, step away from this wrestling stuff, you know, because I, I call this to talk about podcasts because, yes, I love wrestling. I like to talk about wrestling, but I like to talk about all kind of things. So what I want to talk about now with you, BQ, I want you to tell me, you know, what are you watching? Well, you know, when, when you have a little downtime with the wifey, you guys, you know, I know you, you said you're a big reality TV buff. So what's been on your watch list lately? Yeah, so I'm a re- reality TV guy, um, but I but the dating style shows is what I'm all over. They're absolute trash. Majority Shout out to of the Flavor time. Of Love. Right. Flavor <laughs> Love, greatest one of all time. I mean, absolute <laughs> trash, but it's it's I, I dig the shit out of it. I always have. So right now, uh, we fell behind a couple of weeks, so we had to binge watch a couple. I say binge watch; it's only four episodes in, but we had to watch a couple episodes of a uh, Joe Millionaire for richer yes. or poor. Yes. Oh. So Joe Millionaire, the original one came out, I think, in two thousand three. Yeah. To where it was, a, it was a dating show. They told all the girls this guy's a millionaire. He he in, inherited, I think they said twenty million dollars or something like that. So they put him in a mansion. They they gave him lessons on how to be proper and all sorts of shit the dude was a heavy machine operator um and didn't have money like that mm-hmm. so the whole se- season they go and they gotta convince these girls he's rich and then at the end he uh he lets the two girls know that he's he's not <laughs> and the <laughs> Yeah, great. That that is one of the greatest moments in TV history. I remember. I remember. Just hold your thought. I'm going to get back to this. I remember Joe Millionaire because it came on when I was in undergrad, and I man, we used to love this show. It's like I didn't sit there and just like watch every episode, like you, you know, like like every single moment. But just the concept that this guy was like, you know, some regular dude, like you know, dirt poor probably, uh, and and these women were throwing themselves at him because they thought he was a baller. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fine gold diggers. The concept, fine gold diggers lie to him and then give him what they asked for at the end of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, I call that good TV. I call that good TV. All right. Bring us back to the modern day Joe Millionaire. How's this going with Joe Dirt? Uh, I mean, Joe The modern day one it's not super trashy. Uh, the, the leads are very likable. So it's actually two guys. This isn't like the other one that it was two. 
I mean, uh, one. There's there's two dudes, and one of them is worth ten million dollars, and the other one is not. Mm. They mm. they present it as if he's poor, but they're both. They say they're both CEOs. They both own their own businesses. One guy, the the rich one, does something with it with farming. So he comes across as the one who's not rich. The other guy comes across as he's the rich one. He owns a like a construction company. And the internet chatter is that he's probably relatively well off right. uh, because of the business he owns. And but they present him as he's he's poor almost, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's likely not. But the women the the women do know, so they do know the twist that one is rich, one isn't. And the guys are both dating all the girls. Um, the The women, for the most part, are gorgeous. Like we watch The Bachelor as well, me and my old lady. And I know this. I probably shouldn't say something like this on record, but the women are so are, are they're not cute this season. There's like two or three really pretty ones, and the rest are not cute. Like if I were on that show, I'd be like, "What are you doing to me?" The, the women on Joe Millionaire. Uh, 90% of them are beautiful. Right. Um, so it's a little easier of a watch in The Bachelor for me this year. And, That's you know, they go on they go on different <laughs> dates. What's that? Oh, so you like, yo, I can't watch this show because the women are too ugly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm watching it. Don't get me wrong. It's just they're just not cute. Um, so, you know, on Joe Millionaire, they go on various dates. Some are high class. Some are low class, you know, but just to see how the girls respond to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rich guy has to downplay himself a little bit. The other guy has to talk himself up a little bit. So, you know, the women are always talking about, who do you think it is? Oh, I keep changing my mind, this and this. And, you know, the at the end, they're going to pick their girls and they're going to see how the girls uh, respond. And the one who's not the millionaire, he has a connect, very strong connection with one particular girl that – is convinced he's the rich one. Okay. So she she comes across as a bit of a gold digger, mm-hmm. but not not too bad. Uh, but I would say half the cast has kind of act like they don't care either way. Uh, there's one girl who she was already rich. She was just got eliminated, but she was already rich. So she's like, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Um, I'm just you know if I like one of them, that's all that matters to me. Right. Um, but but only a few of them are kind of coming across like they really want the money. Yeah, uh, yeah. for ma- the majority of the girls are just like, if it's, if he's the rich one, great. If not, you know, I can live with it. That's how oh, give it up for honesty. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, a, uh, it's, it's some good stuff. The two guys are very like these hoes for a second. I don't believe for a second. <laughs> if they find out, no, but you know what, you know what it is. And, and, and let me say this too, though. We, like you talked about with the original one, like you said, like the guy was like a heavy machinery worker, probably made like $30,000, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, nothing to write home about. And then you said this guy, you said that both of these guys are CEOs. So one's worth $10 million. One might be worth $100,000. You know what I mean? And I think like we live in a society today where we have like warped money values. You know what I mean? And people consume so much of like this bling bling culture. You know what I'm saying? That like, you know, it's like either you're balling or you're nothing. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. There's a there's a pretty good gap between, you know, balling and nothing. A real big gap between yeah. balling and nothing. And so like, you know, 
if they have any sense of that, right? The idea that this guy is like a CEO of a company, if the company is a flow, unless this company, unless he sells like, you know, fidget spinners out of his trunk and he's like, yo, I'm the, you know, like, I, like, uh, like I'm the CEO of, of, of a startup fidget spinner company, you know, then um, he's probably doing okay, right? And if, you know, if, if these women have any sense of that type of thing, then I think they're okay because, you know, like most reasonable people realize like, yo, I don't need $10 million to be happy. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't need, I, I need to be able to pay my bills, take some vacations, you know, like, you know, not, um, not have to jump out a window if I, if I, if I miss a paycheck, you know what I mean? Like that's, um, that, that's, 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 you know, most people realize like that's, that's what it is. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like I, I, I think, I don't know if it's that these women are such good hearted, you know what I mean? It's that like, they realize there's no real, there's no real L here. Yeah, exactly. So the twist in the first one was that at the very end, they actually gave him half a million dollars and the girl he chose half a million dollars so that together they would be rich. Nice. Um, (laughs) But they actually never saw each other after the finale. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Give it up for true love. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is awesome, man. Um, All right. So, uh, so do you have, a particular contestant in Joe Millionaire that you want to see win. Now, is there is there there's going to be two winners? Two women are going to get picked? yeah, two, or two. Yeah. One woman has to pick one guy at the end. What is how, how's it? Work? No, no, the, the, the each there, there there'll be two winners. Okay, all right, they, they both will be all right. You know what I mean? They both will be all right. You know, one of them. And look, I, if hopefully there's another twist, right? Like where they get their own money at the end, where you're not like, oh, I done sat through, you know. I think there will be because these people like in reality, when you have to go tape a reality show, like you have to leave your life for like uh, three months, you know what I mean? Or however long, however long they have to tape this show. Right. So you got, you got to like leave your life. So like if, if you were working at damn, you know, Starbucks, or if you just had like a regular job, right. If you were like um, uh, uh, a secretary at, at, you know, your local paper company, right. Like Pam from Dunder Mifflin, Right. Like that job not going to be waiting for you in three months. You know what I mean? Right. Like you you got to do. So basically you just blew your life up. Right. And so uh, so you better hope <laughs> you better hope that Joe Millionaire picks you um, or you better hope there's like something going on on the back end of this. Otherwise, like, you know, you really don't want to like there's no way in the hell. I say this every time. I, I watch like one of these dating reality shows. There's no way in the hell you could trust a person who's been in a house trying to win your affection on television for three months. No way. <laughs> Unless you are a moron. Like there's no way you could trust somebody who you met under those circumstances. Right. Yeah. True. True. I mean, like, you know, that, that's, that's wild to me. <laughs> but to answer your question, there's a girl named, I think Kala is her name or something is blonde chick. She's just absolutely stunning. So that's who I'm, I'm hoping one of them end up with. Root for the hot chick. When in doubt, yeah, it's good, good, good. Well, because I don't want to see her get eliminated. I just right. want to see her on the screen. So, all right, that's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Now, how about how how about your your fiance? Does she have somebody who she's rooting for? 
Yeah, there's one girl. Oh my god, I don't remember her name for shit. She's a she's a black chick. She's uh-huh. gorgeous. Nice. Uh, that's who she she really wants to see um, end up with one of them. Shout shout out Black History Month. There we go. Give it up for the sisters. All my sisters. All my sisters. Give it up to all the sisters. My wife's white, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> give it up. Uh, give it up for all the sisters. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Joe Millionaire, that's something everybody, uh, do you recommend everybody checks that out? Would you give it, if you were to give it a rating, one out of 10, and whether or not you recommend it, how would you rate it? Oh, oh no, let's, let's, do, let's do the stars, right? One to five stars, and how would you recommend it? How would you recommend it? I, I, I'll give it four stars. It's always hard to call anything wow. perfection. It's hard to call anything perfection, but I, I really enjoy the show. Four stars. Okay. Would you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. You got your recommendation. All right. <laughs> so now I, 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 what the, the main thing I'm watching right now, I'm on the, uh, the edge of my seat as we are recording this. I know they have dropped the season finale of this season of power. I have yet to watch it. At once I do watch it, I'll come back next week and talk about it. But I have just, my wife and I have just started watching the new season of Ozark. Oh, yeah. yeah. For Ozark. Ozark is back. Now, uh, you listen, Ozark is my jam. <clears throat> Excuse me. I started watching, uh, what did I start watching first? I want to say, I started watching ozark before i started watching power but the second i started watching power i knew that the person who made ozark watched power and said you know what this show would be great with white people give it up for creativity listen you know how much stuff in pop culture is attributed to somebody saying you know what this would be great with white people give it up for new kids on the block (laughs) okay new kids on the block wasn't a new edition with white people Give it up, give it up, give it up for uh for friends. Friends, friends wasn't nothing but living single with white people. Okay, can we talk about it? So Ozark is back. And I think I <clears throat> I think I've gotten to like the first two, like two episodes of it, and it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you know, when they were running, when they were recapping the previous season how they brought up um, the big tall lady and they blew her brains out right in front of them. Oh yeah. my God. And they show Marty and Wendy in the bathroom picking the stuff out of their hair. Oh, yo, this show is wild. This show is crazy. Um, you know, Marty and Wendy now are challenged with trying to create a way to get this, uh, this drug cartel lord out of their life. He's telling them he wants them to make a way for him to be able to walk away clean and get out of the life. And if they can do that, then they'll be free of their obligation to him, which seemed to be the um, the problem here. Right. It's like, you know, working, working, you know, for these cartels seems to be like endless money, endless resources, but you never get out of it. 
you never get out. There's only one way out. And it seems to win this end the same way for everybody. And, um, you know, Marty was trying to find a way out the whole time. But, man, this show is excellent, man. This show continues to be excellent. Um, I, I, oh, oh, if you guys have been following the show, if you haven't started watching this season yet, um, Marty's little apprentice, Ruth, uh, she, she and uh, her cousin, why? <laughs> why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> she and Wyatt are now against the the uh the birds. They're working with uh what's the lady's name? The farmer lady? Darlene. Darlene. Oh my god, they're working with Darlene. And yo, man, like this is just good stuff, man. I love you know what I love about this show? I love how everybody on this show is like super smart. You know what I mean? Everybody's always like thinking one step ahead. And so you know, it, it, that just adds, like, so many plot twists. You know what I mean? Because nothing is direct. Nothing is right there. You can see Marty, like, analyzing everybody as he's talking to them. Like, he's, you know, trying to figure out a way to get an FBI agent compromised and, like, all of this stuff. Man, this show is absolute fire. Yeah, th- absolute that is fire. That's a five-star, like, you got it. You got to watch this show. Um, the first season... The production value is not great. It's super dark. Like you almost can't see anything unless they're outdoors. Right. And no one believes in lights when they're indoors. So right. <laughs> I, it was kind of hard for me to get through that. But after that, it's it's uh it's pretty crazy. They it's it's wild. They <laughs> and you know what? Similar to power, I think that uh that Marty's son could be on his way. He could be on some Tariq type stuff. Oh, you don't know power, so you don't know what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm saying. You don't, no. know, you don't, you don't get the reference. Okay, all right, all right. Um, so if anybody, uh, I, do you plan on watching power? Do you plan on watching power? I might I, check I, it I, one I, of these I, days, but it's I not my list. Let me just tell you, if you want to watch power, one of the things that I really enjoyed about power, especially the first season, a lot of sex scenes. Okay. Oh yeah! Listen, 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 listen. You, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You watching Power? You lady be watching Power? Don't be surprised if it gets a little popping in the bedroom. Don't <laughs> be surprised if watching Power. If you just find that you know the love life just go boom. Okay, <laughs> it, might, it might happen, but 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 you know, on the other side of that, the main character, you know, what I mean, he was out there making me look a little bad. This dude is like a, uh, you know. He's like in shape to like play D back in the NFL. And um, you know, I don't exactly look like that when I'm naked, but um, you know, I'm I'm God is working on me. Okay, God is working on me. <laughs> me and my abs and my back muscles. Okay. <laughs> so, nah, man, but power's a dope show. Power's a dope show. I absolutely recommend it. And I haven't finished Ozark yet, but as I'm going through it, I'm gonna keep talking to y'all about it. But if you are looking for a show recommendation, Ozark, I give it five out of five stars. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, so BQ, man, this was your first time on the Talking About Pod. What'd you think? Good stuff, man. Like I said, it, it's it's fun to step out of my I'm gonna step out of my box a little bit to where I don't have to talk about uh, you know, keep it so impact related. It's just nice to just talk about some other shit. 
Yeah. So look, man, I hope you had fun. I hope everybody watching at home or listening at home had fun. Uh, this is going to be up on YouTube. It's going to be available on SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, Anchor, any and everywhere where you get your audio masterpiece. Um, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. I know there are so many choices for audio and video content, and I appreciate you guys taking just a couple of minutes to kick it with me and talk about some things that we enjoy. BQ, for anybody who's listening who may not know you or or, 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 or follow you, tell the people where they can find you out here in these social media streets. Uh, you can check me out at BQ Speaks on Twitter. That's right. That's right. And you can find me at TW Talking About on Twitter or really on any social media of choice. You can also find me at Talking About Pod. Find the podcast at Talking About Pod. Uh, also on any of your social media of choice. You know what I mean? Give me a follow. Drop a comment. Uh, you know, tweet me. I tweet back. And listen, if you guys like the show, tell a friend to tell a friend. Bringing more people into the conversation is really, truly the best thing you can do to help the pod. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you give us a five-star rating in iTunes. In the words of my brother, Bomani Jones, if you only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Don't be a hater. Okay? Uh, for my man, BQ, I'm TW. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Peace. <laughs>